0: Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. Our show is hosted and produced by a bunch of ex-writers for Real Sport back when they actually covered Real Sports. Much like them, we are by the fans and for the fans, and we like to have some fun while we try to delve into a bit of analysis as well. Before the season starts in 2023, we've assembled a crack team to run our eye over each squad and predict how their season will go for them. First up, if he's not tormenting the bowlers of the Central Coast, he's spending
1: each day with the eighth immortal, it's Daniel Friend. Friendy, how are you? I'm um, well, thanks, Beau. Uh Good to speak to you again and ready for another big year of Above the Horizontal. Also, we
0: have somebody that in a recent battle to figure out who the best bloke in Western Sydney was, it came down to him or Jerome Luai. It was tighter than he might have liked, but he prevailed in the end. It's Chris Waring. Chris, how are you today? Good, mate. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take that accolade. I'm not have, sure how much of a praise that is, but <laughs> yeah, good, mate. Excited to talk some footy. Yeah, absolutely, uh, and I understand that you're in you're in Friendly's part of the world at the moment. So uh, you know, if if anyone's audio goes down, you can just like go to somebody's house. You'll you'll be fine. Yeah, I'll just start shouting, and hopefully, i will come through on Friendy's mic. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, uh, let's get into our first preview. So what we're going to do is we're going to do uh, one episode per team, essentially. And I thought, what better place to start than the Dolphins, the brand new team entering the competition in 2023. A lot of question marks, not a whole lot of answers, but we're hoping to come up with some. Now for each episode, we're going to have a pretty basic kind of look over you know, recruitment, the coaches, forward pack spines, back lines, and some of the key questions and some predictions as well. So what what I'll be basically asking you guys to do is to give me a yes or no answer when I ask you a question. I'll do the same. And if there's a disagreement, then we'll get into it. And if there isn't, then I guess we'll just briefly talk about why we feel that way about this team and how they're going to go and uh, and keep rolling through uh so each of these episodes will be a little bit shorter than our regular episodes dear listener but we hope you enjoy it all the same so friendy chris boys ready to go
1: yep yep ready to rock and roll mate
0: let's do it so first up we have the dolphins now Their recruitment obviously has been pretty intense because they've entered the competition for the first time, but I'm not going to read out all 30 names, but I thought some key names included guys like Ewan Aitken, the Bromwich brothers, uh, the Lee Cousins, Edric and Brenko, Felice Cafusi, Isaiah Katoa, the young halfback from Penrith, I think might feature. Uh, In terms of backline players, you've got Hamaso, Tabui Fido, Tessie New, uh, Jermaine Asako. You also have in the halves, you've got guys like Anthony Milford, Sean O'Sullivan, Cody Nickarimas an option, Jerry Marshall-King at Hooker, uh, and then also some other forwards there, Jared Wallace, Mark Nichols, uh, Ray Stone as well, rounding out the pack. Now, boys, in terms of recruitment, do we rate or not rate the Dolphins recruitment, friendly?
1: Yeah. Uh... I'll go with not rate right to start. It's a very contextual answer,
0: but I'll go with rate. Right. Interesting. Okay, I've gone with not rate right as well. So uh, let's start with some positivity. Chris, why do you rate their recruitment?
2: I think mainly um, a lot of it's contingent on, it's really good grab, I think, Isaiah Katoa. Um, the forward pack is, It's I'm putting it contextually, if you're just looking at it purely on the fact of well, you know, in terms of the, the where they'll finish in the 17 teams, I think they're going to be in the lower end. But I think, considering that they only had really one year to organise things, they obviously had some, they missed out on some signings, but they. I don't think a lot of that is their fault. They've got a kind of, a, a lot of players leveraged it against them, I think, like Cameron Munster and. Uh, other players, I'm, I'm sure, for better contracts at whatever club they eventually sign to. But, look, I don't I, It's not. I don't I think it's going to be a wooden spoon like many people have predicted. But the forward pack is, again, older, but I think skillful halve options, or, uh, if they play Katoa I'll be happy with it. The backs are what they are. But, look, it's not great, but I, I, I don't think it's awful either. I think they could have done worse than what they'd have done.
0: I think Chris makes some good points there, Friendy.
1: Why is it that you don't rate the recruitment? They've just missed out on that one big superstar, I think, who they could have built the team around, which looks like they were going to try and throw all their eggs in the Cameron Munster basket, which they obviously missed there. They they had a little dip at someone like Harry Grant, and I think they were talking to Caelan Bonger at one stage as well, but that would have been for a future date. Yeah, I, I just think they missed that star power and their forward pack. I think Jesse Bromwich, he's going to be their captain, and going off his last two years, I think they've been probably his worst in the top grade and he's on the decline. So, yeah, I think they're relying heavily on their coach uh, to obviously get these guys up to scratch and we'll see how they go, I guess.
0: Yeah, I tend, I tend to agree with that, but I think Chris, makes some good points there. And speaking of the coach, Mr. Wayne Bennett, one of the most experienced coaches of all time, has been coaching in the the national competition, the, the NS. WRL at least since that late '80s uh, with Canberra and then to the Broncos and then a whole bunch of clubs on the way. Plenty of success in those times as well, boys. Wayne Bennett as the inaugural coach of the Dolphins, do we rate it, Chris?
2: Yeah, awesome. I, I don't. I don't think, especially given what that squad is. Um, I think a far less. Uh, my answer would probably be different if was if it wasn't for the coach and that type of player that Wayne Bennett really likes, and he has enough. I think juniors there to work with, but also enough uh, senior heads, even if the better days are past them, to kind of add some kind of professionalism to it. But yeah, I think think it's hard to ask for a better coach.
1: Yeah, fantastic coach, Wayne Bennett, and he's probably the man you want to start a new club, but yeah, I think he's a great signing. He's probably their best signing for mine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I think in terms of that star signing you were talking about, to build around, I mean, I know he's only going to be there for a couple of seasons, but... But he is the signing, isn't he? He, he is the yeah. one. So uh, no, nothing further to add there. Let's talk about some of the players now. Uh, we're going to break it into forward pack, spine, back line. We'll start off, Friendy with the forward pack.
1: Do you rate their forward pack? Uh, if, if you asked me five years ago, yes. But, but now, no, I, I don't, unfortunately. I, I think they're all a little bit older, a little bit slower, and, and just maybe a bit injury prone. And yeah, I, I can't see that many positives with their forward pack, apart from... Uh, the dummy half, I, I do think Jeremy Marshall King is on the way up. If we just, again, uh, the Dolphins are kind of, I think, hard to analyze. If you're looking at
2: it purely from, okay, they're a team in the competition rather than, okay, this is a beginning team, but you'd probably say no. Again, the three over the hill. I think Kenny Bromwich still has a bit to add. Jesse Bromwich definitely is over the hill. Ewan Aikens not a bad player. You can say he's fit. You know, Jared Wallace is whatever. Um, Ray Stone's good if you can say fit. Tommy Gilbert. Mark Nichols, yeah, Tom Gilbert's great signing. Mark Nichols is a really good workhorse. You know, it's it's, it's okay. I, just, I don't think it's good, but I don't think it's awful either. I think it's just it's just it's okay. I,
0: I think for the purposes of the 2023 season, in like a vacuum, I think it's okay. I think I think as you say, those those class signings, as long as there's no injuries, I think that is a pass for me. What about the spine? We're looking at guys like Milford, uh, O'Sullivan are probably starting halfbacks in 5'8", but you've also got Isaiah Katoa, you've also got Cody Nicorima might be on the bench, could be an option. Chris, do you rate the spine?
2: Uh, I would like them to play Katoa and Sullivan. Uh, I think it's a waste if they're going to play Milford or Nicarima starting halves. I just think, especially Milford, I think his days as a starting half is behind him. I think the career is good utility. I would like it if I, I think with that team you know it's just the best opportunity to play the young the young half you know it's meant to be really um, you know his, he has high, very high potential him behind you know a, a season forward pack that it, the the ability may be not at its peak anymore but the brain and the the game situation and protecting the half knowledge is still there so um yeah, I think it's the for what I want their starting halves to be. I think they're, I think they're pretty good starting halves.
0: Now, Freddie, you um, you watched Anthony Milford probably closer than
1: most as a, as a Knights player last year. Mm. Do you rate the spine? No, I, only because I, I I agree with Chris. I, I think they should start Isaiah Katoa, but I don't think they will. Uh, I think knowing how Wayne Bennett coaches over the years, I think he'll hold the young bloke back for uh, well, at least the first three rounds. And then I think they'll go from there. I think Milford will get first crack with O'Sullivan. Nick Arima will be on the bench. Uh, Hamaso, Tabu Afido, he'll, he'll start fullback more than likely. I, I do like him as a player. I just, I'm not sure in the top grade he's a fullback. I don't really know where his position is, but he's a, he's just a freak of a player. Yeah, so there's a bit of upside in him. There's an upside in that Isaiah Katoa. And as I said before, I do like Jeremy Marshall King. So I'm a little bit on the fence with their spine at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think I am as well. Uh, and it really comes down to, as you mentioned, like who is the best fullback option? Who is the best 5-8 option? Because, I mean, Milford, if, if Bennett can get the best out of Milford, Milford's a class player. Uh, he, he certainly has been, at least. So, you know, it's, it'll be a tricky one. My vote is probably no, I don't rate at this point. And the back line, um, obviously... In, maybe including fullback options as well I know that they're part of the spine but you know considering we don't know exactly who's going to play fullback you're looking at guys like Tessie New all the guildarts there West Tiger's legend um, you've got uh, Brenko Lee Edric Lee Queensland origin legends they 100 percent success rate those two at origin level so that, you know they've got some recognizable names they've Robert Jennings as well. Yeah. friendy is <laughs> do you rate the back line?
1: This might be my first fart noise of the season, boys. <laughs> um, no, I don't rate their backline. No,
2: I Chris, what do you think? Look, one positive, I'll say is Edgley finished the season really well last year. Um, apart yeah. from that, <laughs> apart from that, I'm not massive on testing New. I think the hammer. If we're going to include him in this analysis, like yeah, young, he's. The, I just think he's the type of play they should have a go at. You know, just. <laughs> Uh, young bloke, you know, just give him give him a chance. You you got old heads in the forwards, you know, you got enough there to you know kind of guide the young players in the right way. But like, yeah, it's not. If we're looking at it in, in, in you know um, three different parts, I think the backline is definitely the, the weak link of the team.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I've got nothing more to add. So, with that all being said, we've we've been you know at best lukewarm on some of their positions uh, and pretty negative on a bunch of them. So can Wayne Bennett, one of the greatest coaches
1: of all time, possibly the greatest, depending who you ask, Friendly, can he make this side competitive? Competitive? Yes. I have no doubt Wayne Bennett can make basically any side competitive. I think they'll all get a couple of simple jobs. Uh, They'll play pretty simple footy, control the ball, kick to the corners, defend well, and then take your chances when you can. So I think they'll stay in games. I don't think you'll see any quit in them. So, yes, I think they can be competitive. How high up the ladder they can go, yeah, I'm not too sure, but I think they'll be competitive.
2: Yeah, pretty much the exact same answer. Um, I don't think they'll be pushovers. I think they'll play respectable type of footy where they'll be a 100% effort team, I reckon. But, yeah, um, I think they like, won't be like be pushovers. So I do think they'll be a competitive team.
0: The the big thing for me, I said yes as well uh, because of Wayne Bennett. Like we all saw what he did in twenty twenty with that Origin team, and he's done it pretty re- consistently with every team he's coached. Uh, so no reason to think he wouldn't be able to. The big proviso for me though is the depth. I'm a bit worried about their lack of depth. So if we get a couple of you know injuries to middle forwards or a, a, you know Sean O'Sullivan or something like that, I'm really worried about the Dolphins staying competitive at that point. But uh, can Wayne Bennett do it? I think yes. Uh, it, we've already talked about, you know, is Hammer so, you know, is he a fullback? Is he not? That's up for debate. But for this team with the roster they have, Chris, is he the best option at fullback?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, just in terms of, uh, you know, potential there that, you know, uh, in terms of like a, a ceiling he can reach, I think he's the best option. Uh, again, I wouldn't have Milford up. Um, um, I don't like Jermaine Osaka as a fullback. Tessie News is a little bit better, but I think I Hamaso think is clearly the best option
0: at fullback for the Dolphins. Friendly, he's probably the best athlete in the team as well. Uh, do, you, do you think that he would be the best fullback option? And I'll throw a little question to you as well, because as a Cowboys fan, this was my big concern and why I, why I drink Drinkwater there, and I thought that was the right choice for the Cowboys, is that Drinkwater, while having that, he had two things over Hamaso. He had effort. And he had class with the ball uh, in terms of feeding outside players. So mm. is he the best option? And uh, do you think that, you know, those two limitations are something that he can get better at?
1: Yeah, well, that's sort of what I was getting at earlier. I don't know if fullback is his best spot, but, but I also don't know where his best spot is, but he has to be in the team somewhere. He's, he's mm-hmm. a freak. He's that X factor. He's, like Phil Gould said, you can't coach speed, and he's got plenty of it. So... Um. yeah, I guess for the, for the start of the season, give him a crack. He, he's the whiz kid and maybe, yeah, get him a start in the one jersey and let him make it his own. All right. So I'm, I'm with you guys, but I was pretty tentative
0: because of those limitations and because of what I've seen. Uh, whereas I have seen, and Chris, you've mentioned you're not a fan of Tessie New. I've seen Tessie New play some really good footy, but I think they're both centers, so, I think Hammer, Hammer is the best option they have at their disposal. Uh, we spoke about Isaiah Katoa being the very, very promising half uh, and possibly being a 5/8 option. Uh, Friendy, are you in favour of giving him a taste pretty early on in the season?
1: Yeah, I'd like to think so, but I just, I know Wayne, and he, well, not personally, of course, but I know Wayne's coaching over the years and he likes to go for the experience. He, he always goes for that over Inexperience. So I'm not sure when he'll get a go, but yeah, I'd like to see him get a crack pretty early.
0: Uh, when you say pretty early, like, do you mean like
1: maybe like first six rounds or first 10 rounds or something like that? Oh, I'd start with the kid, but I just, I, don't, I know Wayne won't. So I I, it depends, I guess, on Milford and O'Sullivan, doesn't it? How well, how good their performances are early in the season. And I guess to a lesser extent, um, Cody Nikarima too, because Milford could play that 14 role if the young fella came in. So yeah. True.
0: True, absolutely. Um. So, Chris, you mentioned that you you would start with Katoa at six. Uh. Is that mostly because of Milford's limitations in t- recent seasons, or do you think Katoa is just going to be that good? A bit of both. I think. I just think, even
2: on ability wise, um, I think you should just give him the season. He's the he's the young star that you've you've signed. You know that the the big junior signing. Um. And I think giving him that early confidence and start, you know, that can be a real key cornerstone for a few blossoms to be, you know, a franchise halfback. But, yeah, I, I agree with Friend. He's kind of – Wayne Bennett's kind of analogous to a lot of like for our like NBA fan listener, listeners, like just a team that, you know, they, they, they refuse to tank. They just are always competitive. They always try to win and they play like the whole season on Vets, which, I th- again, I, I think that – I agree with Frenny. I think that's probably what's going to happen, but I would just love to see, you know, especially for the context of this team, no one expects them to be good. Just stick with the halfback, give them that confidence week after week that despite any performance, you're going to sit by him. Like,
0: you are the, you know, the Dolphins young star player. So, but yeah, I actually don't think, I don't think it's going to happen. Interesting. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I agree with you both on that one. And honestly, I probably agree with Bennett. Say say Bennett does go down that road. I probably agree with him. Um, I just think it's a big step up straight away. Um, and they're playing like the Roosters straight away and, and stuff like that. Like I, I just think your best chance of getting a competitive result immediately is with the experience of O'Sullivan and Milford um, and with Nick Rima on the bench. And, you know, if Kartoa is obviously killing it in Q Cup um, and, you know, Milford or O'Sullivan are struggling, then... Yeah, there's your ready-made replacement. And I I certainly want to see him get a a chance this season. I'm very keen to see how good he is. Um, But I think early in the season, I'd like to see Milford and O'Sullivan start, but that's just me. Where do we think they're going to finish? Now, boys, I'll I'll give you uh, some options. You can either choose top four between five and eighth, so bottom half of the top eight, Uh, ninth to twelfth, so competing for the top eight, and then the rest, bottom five. Uh, You can even tip wooden spoon if you want to. Uh, so, friendy, where are they going to land? At the moment, I've got them bottom five. Yeah, I've got them um, bottom five as well. Uh, so I have as well. So, friendy, what's what's the main purpose behind that decision for you?
1: Uh, just like I said, that lack of star power, a bit of lack of depth new season, uh, like, sorry, new team, sorry. So you don't really have that culture built there already. So you see people go down to the Melbourne Storm. They know what's expected of them. Bellamy gets it out of every player he has. It's just, it's all new up there. And, and yeah, I, I'm just not too sure that forward pack can get them in enough positions for the halves who, as I said, aren't star players to create enough points. So they'll be competitive defensively, um, I think, uh, at least for the the early parts in the season. Um, and, yeah, uh, but I just can't see them um, having the attacking flair to, to get past a, a lot of teams in this competition. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with that. I, I think they've got one of the weakest rosters in the comp uh, in
0: terms of depth. So, that, by that rationale, I think bottom five suits them. Chris, is that pretty much what you're thinking? Yeah, very similar. Uh, and you, you make a good
2: point, but about the depth, I'm just looking at the their squad, and they do have, like, even, again, they kind of have a lot of players around the same skill level who, you know, they're respect- respectable-ish first graders, but um, they also have a lot of players who are relatively injury-prone, so um, I think, yeah, that may be, I think, yeah, that that will probably bite them in the end. I, I, think, I think they're going to be top, like, I guess top half of that bottom five. I don't think they're going to get the spoon, but I, I think they'll
0: finish about 13th or 14th. Okay, cool. That probably wouldn't be the bad season considering their roster. Let's talk about some bold predictions and then we'll finish up this episode. So I'll start off actually because you've sort of linked me there talking about injury-prone players. Someone that I would love to see this happen for is I want to see Ray Stone play more than 20 games this season. I think he's good enough. Uh, I think the Dolphins definitely need someone like him. You know, just a tackling machine, a good 1% footballer. And I hope that he's fit enough to stay on the park. So my ball prediction is Braystone for twenty games this season. Friendy, what's yours?
1: Jeremy Marshall King to get the Inaugural Dolphins player of the year.
0: Oh, I like that. You are you are very big on JMK, aren't you? What is it about him that you like so much?
1: Oh, he's good. He's a crafty, crafty hooker, a little bit of speed. Um I think he's improved a lot two years ago. Didn't really rate him at all. But yeah, I think the Bulldogs will um be sort of kicking themselves over letting him go and then spending big money on his replacement where I think they could probably could have gotten away with keeping him really and saving some coin there. But yeah, um, I, I just, he's improved a lot and I like him.
0: You do love a crafty hooker, don't you? It's one of yeah. your favourite things. Ooh, love it. Uh, Chris, what is your ball prediction for the season? Uh, it's
2: probably similar to your one as well. It's contingent on him staying fit,
0: but I think Edric Lee will finish top three in tri-scorers for the year. For the Dolphins or for the comp? No, for the comp. Oh, wow. That's a big one. Uh, Queensland legend, Edric Lee, uh, to rack up the tries. Boys, thank you very, very much uh, for your thoughts. And thank you to all the listeners as well. Uh, We will be recording a whole bunch of these episodes in quick succession, but we'll be releasing them uh, day by day. And the next one will be the West Tigers. So if you want to listen to that one, be sure to subscribe and like and leave a comment or a rating if you can, wherever you are listening to us and don't forget to go above the horizontal next time. But until then, above the horizontal is a rugby league podcast by the fans and for the fans. It's produced by our entire team of former writers for real sport, including Daniel friend, Christopher Waring, miles, Steppen, Kieran Gibson, and me, Bo Nicholson. We'd love it if you could support us by telling a rugby league fan about us so they can go above the horizontal as well. Thanks for listening. See you next time.